0: Welcome to Cryptozoology with Dr. Daisy. I'm Dr. Daisy Fiore, and I research, write, and read everything you hear on this podcast. I hold a PhD in anthrozoology, an MA in anthropology, and a long fascination with the world's lost and undiscovered creatures. So join me on a journey to explore what may be lurking in the corners of this fascinating place we call Planet Earth. Today, I want to talk about a cryptid that actually applies to my daily life. Might seem weird that any cryptid would, but when I'm not journeying with all of you through the unknown, I work at a rescue center for birds of prey. So often, when talking to visitors, they tell me they didn't realize raptors were the size they were. Sometimes they didn't realize eagles were so big, because they look smaller from a distance. Sometimes the opposite is true. They didn't realize red-shouldered hawks were so small. They look so big perched on their houses against the sky. You see, it is extremely difficult to tell the size of something flying or silhouetted against just the sky. It gives you no reference and can be nearly impossible to tell how near or far it is. This is what causes people to call and tell me a five-foot owl is terrorizing their dog, when really it's just a normal foot-tall barred owl. And this has me thinking, almost on a daily basis, about Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds are cryptids that are, obviously, enormous birds. Most of the Thunderbird legends come from the Western Americas, Northern Canada all the way down into Central America. Although there are versions of Thunderbirds all around the world. Thunderbirds have a lot of mythology surrounding them, and they're really important in a lot of indigenous beliefs and stories. So, in some ways, they're one of those cryptids that crosses the border between a flesh-and-blood creature and a spirit being. The Thunderbird is described in legends of the Pacific Northwest tribes, Plains tribes, and the Northeastern tribes, making it very widespread. It's represented in totems, rock paintings, jewelry, and other artwork and symbolism. Its symbolically important origins may go back as far as the mound builders of the Mississippi Valley. Some of the oldest cultures in North America. In many stories, the Thunderbird has some control of thunder, rain, or other weather. He may be warlike or may assist humans in times of need. He is sometimes a protector, but may also punish. There are stories of him fighting a whale and bringing it back to his mountain to eat. He's often described as twice the size of a war canoe and with a massive curved beak. Many modern-day scientists and debunkers explain Thunderbird legends as based on fossils of pterosaurs found by indigenous cultures. However, the Thunderbird is not usually described as being pterosaur-like. It is clearly a bird, and even more clearly, a raptor. The sharp, curved beak and talons, both the hallmarks of a raptor, are often clearly described. So, the first question we always ask ourselves is, Could a creature like this exist? Well, the Thunderbird is very large and flighted. Can something that big get off the ground? The largest flighted creature ever to live was called Quetzalcoatlus northropi, named after the Aztec feathered serpent god Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatlus was a pterosaur that lived 144 to 66 million years ago. It was as tall as a giraffe, with a wingspan of up to 40 feet, and may have weighed up to 500 pounds. It might have taken off by jumping straight into the air to flap its enormous wings. Just to be clear, this is a very real and scientifically recognized animal that flew through the skies of planet Earth. And it was the size of an airplane. And it ate dinosaurs. There's really no giant raptor that we're ever going to find or guess at that's going to be weirder or more insane than Quetzalcoatlus northropi actually was. So can something massive get off the ground and fly? Yes. Yes, it can. But Quetzalcoatlus wasn't a bird. How big can birds get? Well, if we look at just the ones who are alive today, big, the largest living bird that flies is the wandering albatross with a massive 12 foot wingspan that might not sound like that much, but put two tall guys end to end and then have that fly above you. That would be shocking and a little terrifying. The largest raptor currently living is the Andean condor with a wingspan up to 10 feet. I have worked with these birds and trust me, they are massive and very intimidating. If it flew above you with no reference point, you could easily believe you saw something the size of a small plane cruise above you. So modern birds are plenty big. How about extinct birds? About 5 million years ago in South America, Pelagornus chilensis was cruising the skies with a 17-foot wingspan. That's three tall dudes stacked end to end. Up until 1400 AD, That's right, just 600 years ago or so. The largest eagle ever to live was hunting giant moa in New Zealand. Giant moa were larger than ostriches and something was hunting them from the skies. The Haas eagle had a shorter wingspan of just 10 feet, but weighed 30 pounds. For reference, a large bald eagle weighs just 14 pounds. Birds can get big. We can talk about it in the abstract all day, but I think what really drives it home is the story of a kid who lived about 2.8 million years ago. In 1924, quarrymen in South Africa found a skull. A tiny but oddly human-like skull. This skull made it into the hands of anthropologist Raymond Dart. The skull came with the fossilized impression of a brain, something we call an endocast. Dart named the species Australopithecus africanus, the southern ape from Africa, and asserted that it was a human ancestor. The skull came to be known as the Tong child, and it may just be the most important skull ever found. It revealed to Raymond Dart the order that human evolution took. First, we became bipeds with small teeth, and we developed our large brains later on. Importantly, humans evolved in Africa. At the time, people wanted to hear none of that, preferring to think we evolved our large brains much earlier in evolution and that humans evolved in Europe or Asia, mostly because they were racist. No one believed Dart and he ended up dying a bitter old man. Of course, he was right about everything. And now we know the Tong child is a critical representation of our early ancestors. But what is more salient to the discussion of Thunderbirds is how the Tong child died. Australopithecus africanus were much smaller than modern humans, probably only 3 to 4 feet as adults. The Tong child was estimated to be 3 years old at death, so he would have been quite small. You wouldn't think we could know how he died 2.8 million years later, but in the eye sockets of the Tong child are the preserved and distinct impressions of giant talons. 2.8 million years ago, an intelligent bipedal human ancestor watched as her toddler was carried away by a giant eagle. Today, we mostly think of birds as beautiful or at least harmless, and people who are afraid of birds are silly. But in the most important human ancestor ever found, we have proof that that was not always the case. Birds large enough to carry off children have existed. To me all of these facts establish the plausibility of the Thunderbird. It could be the cultural memory of extinct giant birds. It could of course be an undiscovered giant bird, either alive or recently extinct. Or it could be modern large birds, out of place and mistaken for being even larger than they are. I think it's a combination of all of these things. I believe many of the indigenous legends maybe a combination of cultural memory and extinct species, they could also be referencing rarely seen, but very real, massive birds. Indigenous cultures know their local animals well. They live among them every day, have beliefs associated with them, and use them for resources. It is why I never dismiss it when local people claim to see a different animal or one acting oddly. And if there is one thing I know about birds, it's that they do not stay where they're supposed to be. In August 2020, Alaskans spotted a rare sight on the highway, a stellar sea eagle. These eagles are from Russia and Japan and can weigh in at 21 pounds with an eight foot wingspan, much larger than the local bald eagles. They do occasionally make it to Alaska. They could be a source of Thunderbird legends along the western United States. Uncommonly seen and larger than local birds, they would certainly generate interest. Of course, as you may have heard, this particular stellar sea eagle didn't stop in Alaska. He then wandered off to Texas, Quebec, Nova Scotia, Massachusetts, and Maine. Without pics, I doubt anyone would have believed it. A few hundred years ago, it would have been strange enough to generate all kinds of legends. Now, in 2022, this weird eagle came back and I sort of love him. He's very, very lost. And birds sort of do that sometimes. A snowy owl recently ended up in Southern California. Today, it's an adventure for the Instagrammers, but in the past, it would have been an omen and a source of legends. To me, it's easy to see how Thunderbird legends came from real animals. But how about modern Thunderbird sightings? With the number of birders out there, I find it hard to believe there are massive species of raptors going undiscovered. In 2001, in South Greensburg, Pennsylvania, a 19-year-old witness saw a massive bird flying over Route 119. The witness looked up to see a bird flying overhead that they estimated to have a wingspan of 10 to 15 feet and a head 3 feet long. They also claimed it was flying 50 or 60 feet overhead. This set off a few sightings in the area. A month later, someone else spotted a bird. They claimed to have a wingspan of 15 to 17 feet with a foot long beak. These sightings were all lumped together, but a bird with a 10 foot wingspan and a bird with a 17 foot wingspan are two very different things. One could maybe be an exaggerated large bald eagle. The other definitely is not. But the problem with all these sightings is people saw the bird in flight where you can't really estimate size. In 1969, in Pennsylvania, a woman saw an enormous bird flying over a creek. She estimated the wingspan to be the size of the creek, 75 feet wide. Not even Quetzalcoatlus had a 75 foot wingspan. This is much more likely to be distorted perspective than an actual airplane-sized bird flying around Pennsylvania, but somehow only being seen by one woman. To give you an idea of how much the open sky can distort your perception of size, I'll give you an example from my life. I was driving down the highway the other day when I saw a small crop duster plane off to the side. I thought that was a little weird because there's really no fields around here to crop dust. I ended up at a stoplight and I watched it a little further. It took me a good three minutes to realize it wasn't a plane, it was a drone one of the handheld ones, probably two feet wide, but a quick look with no reference and I thought it was a full size plane. I think most modern giant bird sightings are probably cases of mistaking normal size, but large birds like eagles, red-tailed hawks, ospreys and ravens for much larger things. It can be intimidating when they're flying overhead and it's easy to get carried away estimating size. Once a sighting occurs and it's in people's minds, other sightings often continue to exaggerate size because people expect to see a large bird. So it can go from 10 feet to 17 feet pretty quickly. I feel I would be remiss if I didn't mention one other thing in this episode, and that is pterosaur sightings. There are claims going back a few hundred years that claim to see actual flying dinosaurs still roaming the skies. In one story from the Tombstone Epitaph in Arizona in 1890, two cowboys shot at a creature with a wingspan of 190 feet. Almost nobody believes that story. It was probably just a slow news day. Cryptozoologist Jonathan Whitcomb claims there have been sightings of pterosaurs in 33 states and Washington, D.C., Only one of his witnesses will be identified by name and claims to have seen them several times. Witnesses describe various dinosaur-like features. They, of course, did see a dinosaur. Birds are the direct descendants of dinosaurs. But did they see a pterosaur? I really doubt it. Not because a creature can't survive long past when we thought it went extinct, the coelacanth did it. No, my doubt comes from knowing bird people. If it's flying in the sky, They're going to find it. They're going to put it on a checklist and get a picture of it between the Christmas bird count, great backyard bird count, and all the crazy, I I mean, lovely birders out there. There's just no way something as big as a pterosaur goes unnoticed. There's too many eyes on the sky. I'm a big believer in the Thunderbird as a real creature that represents legends of extinct birds and sightings of real creatures that are away from their normal territory. I'm headed to Alaska in May, and I'll be keeping an eye out for errant stellar sea eagles. It's important to remember that our eyes can trick us. Size can be difficult to judge and our minds can run away with thoughts of Jurassic Park movies and even ingrained fears from millions of years ago when massive birds were a real threat. Science can help us slow down and use technology and tools like birding apps to help us identify what's around us. So turn off this podcast and get out there, find me a thunderbird, whatever it ends up being, because birds in general need a whole lot of conservation help and we can only give it to them by finding them. I hope you enjoyed this episode of cryptozoology with Dr. Daisy. For more content, follow the podcast. So you never miss an episode. You can also follow me on Facebook and YouTube or subscribe to the blog at cryptozoologywithdrdaisy.com. I'll see you next time and don't forget to keep exploring. After all, you never know what you might find out there.